Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to NBA Finals File with Robert Ory and Jabari Davis. I am Jabari Davis, former NBA writer turned podcaster, and this is legendary seven-time champ, Big Shot Bob, a.k.a. Robert Ory. To Ory for three. Oh, unbelievable. This guy is off the charts. Yeah, we can really get into 2016 NBA Finals matchup. I call it that get-back series where Cleveland tries to get back at Golden State Warriors for taking that title out of their possession. But, you know, it's going to be a fun one, man. It, it, I'm excited again because LeBron, Kyrie versus the Splash Brothers. No, absolutely. And and honestly, look, 2015 was a, was a heck of a series. It was a lot of fun discussing it with you. But let's be real. With both teams with their full complement of players, they, it, 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 on top of it being a get-back situation, it, it was simply it was simply a better series. Yeah, it's a better series, and I know you're going to you know, deep dive into the part where they won so many games, the Warriors, that best record in basketball, had a phenomenal season. But, hey, playoffs is a different season, and sometimes we have different results. Well, let's go ahead and start it right there, because for the on the Warrior side of things, obviously they won the title the previous year. They finished a record-setting seventy-three and nine for first in the Pacific Division, also first all you know, first throughout all of basketball. Seventy-three wins, taking their place in the annals of the NBA with the greatest regular season record of all time. Their path to the finals was an interesting one. They won four-one over the Rockets in the opening round, then four-one over the Blazers in the in the second round. But do you remember how that uh, that conference finals series went with the Thunder? Yes, I do. Um, the, everybody thought the Thunder was going to win this series. Mm-hmm. Um, KD was playing great. 
for the Thunder. <laughs> and then you got, you know, Westbrook, who played great. And it was it was a great series. And I just thought the Thunder were going to come out of the West. Yeah, look, heading into the series, I did I didn't give them a chance. But once they went up three one, let's be honest, we we didn't see you know too many teams lose three one leads, and we and we certainly at that stage had never seen one you know lose one in the finals. So yeah, I absolutely anticipated them you know you know, you know kind of shocking the world, but it did it doesn't happen. The Warriors come storming back. They you know they win that series four th- four three, and they're you know on their way to the finals. And then from the Cavs side of things, they lost to the Warriors in the finals the previous uh, year. Then this year, they finished 57-25 and 25 for first in the Central, uh, their path to the finals. They were 4-0 over the Pistons in the opening round, 4-0 over the Hawks in the, sec- in the second round. Then they then they ended up beating the Raptors 4-2. It's funny, man. Like For Raptors fans, I, Rob, I don't know how much time you spend on social media, but Raptors fans, it's almost like, a, it's like PTSD when it comes to you know, LeBron. <laughs> like this is this is you know, around the time when the, the, the legend of LeBronto you know, was started. You know, it's it's two guys that's ever played this game, maybe three. Um, Kareem, Michael Jordan, and LeBron. This gives a certain team fits, and I think I remember this. The Raptors were just like, no, LeBron, no, LeBron. And when LeBron left the mm-hmm. East, they was like happy because they like, win it the same year. They they won. They finally win the title the year when LeBron finally leaves. Yeah. Now going to the historical significance of the matchup, it's a rematch of the previous finals, which is always big. Deep down, it was only right that we got an opportunity to play Golden State after what happened last year. Me personally, I wanted to see uh, Golden State again. Uh, Cleveland is still looking for the city's first sports franchise title in over 50 years, and Golden State is coming off of a record-setting regular season. Now, the coaching matchup is a little bit different this year. What were your thoughts heading into Steve Kerr versus Ricky head coach Ty Lue? You know, I was I was really interested because I played with Ty Lue, you know, and I understand how he's thinking and, and a little bit, you know. And Steve Kerr was a guy I played against, and he was coming off his winning his first championship in his first year. I was like, when it comes to coaching, you think about it. Does lightning really strike twice? Well, a rookie coach can come into an organization and take him to title end. Steve Kerr did it. Now, does Ty Lue have that in him? You know, I played with Ty Lue with the Lakers. You know, he played with a lot of great players, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. So now he's coaching a great player. Will he be able to take the guys to the promised land? land? I think so, because Ty Lue, smart guy. You know, he played with me. (laughs) (laughs) He's smart. That's the prerequisite. He played with you, so he's a smart guy. But what do we yeah. He knows what title. He knows how to get a title. Play with Robert Ory. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Uh, you know, you know, uh, greatness through osmosis. If it were a thing, if it were only a thing. <laughs> but what about the player side of things? Because they've already matched up against one another. I, I recognize Cleveland's. You know, Cleveland's available players are a little bit different this this series. But is there any advantage to having already faced them in a you know in a similar series? To be honest with you, there's really no advantage. Um, the only advantage comes when you play on a team. From your conference um, because you see them throughout the season you watch them a lot more because if you think about it, west coast teams they don't start to seven o'clock on the east coast those guys already finish a game you're on your way to sleep and so you don't really get to watch the game unless you are, are, are just a guy who loves to watch basketball to one in the morning and so you look at this situation you want that get back if you if you're cleveland and if you're golden state you're saying to yourself yo this ain't the team we played last year this is a fully healthy team they got a new coach. They got a new system. 
and they won't revenge. So you have to trick yourself or tell yourself this in order to get ready for these games. So in our last episode, I you know we specifically kind of discussed you know the motivating factors of a guy you know of a, of a great player like Steph. What's his mindset coming into a series like this? Is this is this his series where he says, "Okay, we got one, but I didn't get mine," or is it you know, you know what's he what's he coming in with? I can only assume that his mindset is, "I got to play better than I played last year." People have put this this banner on me that I got to be the greatest player to ever play this game. I got to be the greatest shooter ever shooting. So I have to go out there and show them. And when you tell yourself that, sometimes it's a little bit too much pressure. It makes you do things out of, out of your character. But I think Steph had that on him because think about it. He didn't win MVP of that series. He didn't win MVP finals of that series. And we all think he deserved it, but he didn't get it. He's going to have to prove to the doubters, the reporters, to everybody in this world that he is the elite player, and this is why he won MVP in the regular season. <laughs> this was the season of Steph Curry. Stephen Curry! You are amazing. MVP, the unanimous MVP. So let's take a quick break, but when we come back, it's time for game one. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Game one, NBA Finals. That's what it's all about, man. We're back here on NBA Finals File. Let's go ahead and jump into game one. Because in this one, you know, I, I labeled it as it is. The dubs continue to fly high. An epic series begins tonight with game one. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy the atmosphere. Every second. Every minute. Every play. Every possession. Enjoy it, all right? The Warriors picked up right where they left off in the previous finals matchup between these two teams. They, they pretty much hit the Cavs in waves in, the, in this game one of this series. Green chest pass. High left side to Curry. Working on Thompson. Thompson slip. Curry the mismatch. Curry the three. Even though Steph and Clay struggled from the floor to the tune of 8 for 27 combined, the Warriors had seven players in double figures in, in, in this one, including your, your, your guy, a 20-point night from Sean Livingston off the bench, you know, then had also a 12-7-6 game from Iguodala. Sean Livingston stepped up big, 20 points. I thought he's – this is the reason Golden State won this game because, like you said, Steph didn't shoot the ball well. You know, I should say the Splash Brothers didn't shoot the ball well. And you need guys to step up in situations like this to be that good role player off the bench and ready for the moment. And let me let me talk about this. Winning championships are the best things for certain players because when you win a championship, that comes with confidence. Confidence that you can do no wrong in the NBA. And Sean Livingston is the epitome of that. Think about it. He just came off a championship, had a great regular season, and now you back into that shining moment and you step up big in the first game when 20 points when your Splash Brothers um, didn't get the job done. To that point, Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, and Barbosa, they combined to go 18 for 24 from the floor. They each made contributions for you know Golden State in this one. In fact, you know, and it, 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 I know it sounds cliche, but Golden State's team motto for this season was strength in numbers. And you know what? Their bench went out and outscored Cleveland's by a margin of 45 to 10. Rob, there was a whole lot of others putting in work in this one. Yeah, that's it's, that's what it's about. Um, being in that moment, stepping up, and being big for this key, for the team. You think about it. If you look over on Cleveland side, Shumpert three points, Jefferson three points, Della Dover two, Channing Fry, and that was it. You got ten points out of that bench, and and it wasn't to compete with you know what Sean Livingston did with twenty points. They gonna make some shots. That's okay. Just stay with it. Keep being aggressive. Keep attacking. They out toughness right now. They out scrappers. Make no mistake about it. We gotta be tougher. And I think a lot of times when you look at the coaching staff and you look at what they're able to do, they're gonna roll with what's working. A lot of times coaches will say, you know what? That's this is not my rotation. I'm gonna take him out of rotation and put him. But Sean Livingston in that game, he was a go-to guy. He was posting up and he was rolling. And Sean Livingston is one of these point guards, it's a big point guard. So he's able to jump over say, a a, a Della Dover. He's able to jump over a Kyrie because he has a size and length. And so that was huge for uh, Steve Kerr to go outside of his game plan and exploit the weaknesses, which was the size in this game. Iguodala guarding LeBron James. James, the spin move, boy, makes it look so easy. That was pretty. That's 6'8", 270 doing that as well. And, you know, we mentioned it. LeBron has his running mates for this one. But, unfortunately, you know, Kyrie, he does score 26, but he shot just 7 for 22. Uh, Kevin Love has a nice finals debut. He puts up 17 and 13. But the Warriors end up taking this one 104-89 and setting the tone for the series. Warriors take game one, courtesy 
of their bench. So let's go ahead and jump into game two because, look, the Cavs are looking to tie the series before heading back to Cleveland. You never, I, like, I always say it, and you know what? Let me ask a perfect, let me ask the, you know, the expert. I always say you never want to go, you know, down 0-2 in a series, especially the finals. But I, I also remember the old cliche of a series doesn't start until a road team wins. Which one is it in term, you know, for for the actual players? I think it's just win, baby. <laughs> you know, so many people want to put cliches on it. At the end of the day, you got to win games. Um, if you're at home, you got to win. You're on the road, you got to win. Because the only thing we're thinking is win as soon as possible to get it over with or be injury free. And we don't think about, oh, the game doesn't start to, you know, you say that mm-hmm. to pump people up, but you I think you you never hear a player say that. Because players are like, no, we just got to win a game. Yep. We don't care if it's on the road at home because it only counts if you get a dub, you know, and everything else is 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 obsolete, you know. So I think for writing sake and, you know, and publicity sake and, you know, whatever you want to say, it's they say that. But as a player, you just want to basically win regardless of the situation. You guys are about that action while we're over here with our cute little words and phrases and narratives. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. <laughs> so basically, after a hard-fought first quarter that featured an 0-5 star from LeBron, but, you know, that he also had five assists and three steals, you know, on the other side of things, you know, Bogey got, he has four blocks. And then, you know, from Cleveland's side of things, they get eight big points from a career nine-point-a-contest guy in Tristan Thompson. It was kind of all over, but, you know, for the, you know, but the shouting in this one. You think about this. Cleveland came out desperate in that first quarter. Golden State kind of had the fat cat syndrome mm-hmm. where it says, oh, we won game one um, easily. You know, we're going to win this series. We got it, no doubt. We just beat them last season. So Golden State comes out, you know, scores 19 points in that first quarter. Pretty much a low scoring first quarter. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, no, this team is for real. We got to come out and play because we lost that quarter. Then they go on to blast them in the next three quarters and play good defense. That's the key. And the Warriors have set a new NBA record. They have outscored the Cavaliers by 48 in the first two. You know, we always talk about offense and what the Splash Brothers can do. You think about it in the second half. Go to State, we said it before, they're a good defensive team. You know, they're able to come out and clamp teams down when they need to. In the second half, they only allowed 33 points to the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is a fully healthy Cleveland Cavaliers. So that lets you know right there that this Golden State Warriors knows how to play defense, can lock you down when they need be. I have actually some more on that coming up here because, you know what, just going through the second quarter really quickly, LeBron does everything he can do. He plays all 12 minutes. He goes five for seven from the floor. But unfortunately, you know, to, you know, to your point, the rest of the team was just three for 13 over that stretch. As At the same time, the Warriors are getting hot. Draymond goes three for five from deep in the quarter, and, the Go- and Golden State outscores Cleveland by 10 and really never looks back. The second half was more of the same as the Warriors stayed hot, going 11 for 16 as a group, including two more threes from Draymond. Rob, it pretty much goes without saying, but in games where Draymond is hitting, the, you know, hitting from deep, those Warriors teams, they felt like they were pretty unstoppable. So I have to ask you this, and this is actually based mainly on a quote that came from Clay following this game. Clay said that that version of the Warriors was better than the Showtime Lakers that featured his dad. I'm going to ask you, what about your 2001 team? Who wins the hypothetical series of between that two? You really want me to answer that question? <laughs> I want you to answer that question. Draymond, Draymond Green is a great He's a good defensive player, but he is—he can't stop Shaq. I know a lot of people are gonna look back at what happened to 
the Lakers back when they played uh, Detroit Pistons, when you had Wallace Garden Shack. You know, Wallace is a different defensive player than Draymond. And they said because they're going to, you know, reference that with height. And you forget you had guys that could stretch the floor, Derek Fisher, Kobe, myself, Rick Fox. And there, there's no way they could stop Shaq. And I know they would say, well, three is more than two. But you eventually going to miss, you know, three points. Shaq ain't missing no dunks. So <laughs> he's going to average 50 in that game pretty much like he did in, in 2000 when he won MVP uh, uh, against the Pacers. So I, I, I think wholeheartedly that we win that series in five. Oh, in five. You said it with your chest. See, it's one thing to say that, yeah, you would take them for all of those reasons, which, to be honest with you, I agree with. But it's a whole other thing to say it's going to be a gentleman sweep. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm never going to be upset with someone saying it with their chest. Yeah. But to go back to Le- Le- LeBron James, you know, he, what he did in that second quarter, and this is the thing about great players, they can make adjustments. He wasn't making his, his shots. So he went to an inside game, he went to attack mode. And he was posting up more. He had a couple of spin moves on the baseline on Draymond that were nice. And, and that's what players do. Um, a lot of guys keep shooting. They'll keep shooting threes. You know, Steph is like that. He's going to keep shooting threes. But LeBron is a different type of animal. He can, if he's not knocking out his jump shots, he's like, you know what? I'm going into beast mode, which just means I'm going to go in the paint. I'm going to score. I'm going to, you know, do my drive, do my kick. But that's how you can get yourself going. So that's how LeBron was able to get himself going, even though he was missing shots over five, like you said. But he was big to go. He was able to go in attack mode and get buckets in the paint and use his spin moves in the post. So outside of the turnover battle, the Warriors literally beat the Cavs in every facet of this contest. You know, from shooting to the battle of the boards to assists and beyond. LeBron actually echoed that sentiment in the post game. We got to be better at all facets of the game, both offensively and defensively, both physically and mentally. Just got to do a better job. LeBron does lead the team in scoring with 19 to go with his nine assists and eight nine assists and eight rebounds. Kyrie and Kevin Love went just seven for 21 from the floor combined, as the Cavs only had three players in double figures. The Warriors take a 2-0 lead with a 110 to 77 win in Game Two. All right, so time for another quick break. Game Three is next when the series shifts to Cleveland and the Cavs are fighting to stay alive. Did you ever play the over/under game with your friends? You know. Think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're back here on NBA Finals File. Let's go ahead and jump into Game 3. It's crazy that you, know, you start the Finals off... Two relatively evenly matched you know, teams, you know, you know, of course, different styles. But to start the finals off with two straight blowouts, it I, I feels at least unprecedented. Uh, yes, for me. You know, you think about the way the Warriors jumped on the Cavs in that second game, you know, establishing their dominance. And after watching those first two games, you sit back and say, wow, this is why they won 73 games in the season. So they're impressive. Yeah, it, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, maybe it, that's actually a good point. Maybe it's simply a matter of, yeah, this is a 73-win team, so they can do that to some guy. They can do that to some teams. <laughs> so with their collective backs against the walls, the Cavs dug deep, and they played like it back home in Quicken Loans Arena. How many words we talked about? Ain't about words about going to get it done. That's all that matters. Coach Lou elected to switch to a small ball lineup, sliding Richard Jefferson into the starting lineup with LeBron, moving LeBron to the power forward spot, you know, to replace an injured Kevin Love. I had act, that was one of those you know one of those things that I had forgotten about. You know, Kevin Love goes down in this series for a you know, for a game and a half because of a concussion. While they held the Warriors to just seven of twenty shooting for in the opening quarter, the Cavs went fifteen for twenty one in the first, on the way to more than doubling Golden State up with thirty three to sixteen. Tristan Thompson back to LeBron. LeBron down the lane, took a feed from Tristan Thompson, reverses one home. What does it feel like as the team that absolutely needs a win? When you when you're able to come out and jump on top of them like that, the thing about that the the, the adjustments are, are, are crucial. If you think back to the 2015 season, what did Steve Kerr do? He went with the small lineup. You know now, Tyloo like ding ding ding, light bulb goes on. I'm gonna take a page out of your playbook and hit you with the smaller lineup because I told you this league is a copycat league. If it works for you, it might work for me. And even though you know, Jr. didn't get a lot of playing time. He was vital in the way he approached the game. You know, he had been to the finals in New Jersey, so he was no newcomer to the playoffs. So that was key that Ty Lue had the smarts to say, you know what, let's go small ball because, hey, even though Richard Jeffers is a small, he can play big. And then, Rob, this, you know, this series continued to be weird because in a crazy twist of fate, the two teams reversed courses in the second quarter with LeBron and Kyrie, you know, somehow combining to go just two for 17. While on the other side of things, 
Harrison Barnes and Clay, they combined to go seven for nine as the Warriors actually pulled back to within single digits by halftime. I'm wondering, and, and this is kind of a two-parter, did you notice any specific adjustments by either team in the second quarter, or was this just a matter of two great teams slugging it out? I think it's, you know, two great teams slugging out, but you have to go back to the start of this game where Ty Lue's like, okay, I was on this bench last year and we lost to Golden State. Golden State made a significant move by going small. So you know what? Let me start Richard Jefferson instead. You know, even though we know Kevin Love was out, but he still went small. He could have went big, but he went, he went small. And so he started with Richard Jefferson at the fourth spot. And Richard Jefferson, don't forget, he has playoff experience. He's been to the finals. So he was primed and ready to go. So that, to me, was a key move. But also understanding that when your guys aren't playing well, your big dogs, put them in a position to be, be successful. Make them go to old school basketball, pick and rolls, uh, uh, push the basketball, push the pace. And also with, with RJ on that team, Richard Jefferson, he has that veteran ear. He knows how to get those guys going because he played, he didn't have great numbers, but he played a significant role, almost identical to Iggy. So actually taking, a, taking that a step further, you know, based on something that you just said, how else does it make things easier for guys like LeBron and Kyrie having a small ball, a small ball, you know, big in there like Richard Jefferson? Does it open up new, you know, driving lanes? Does it, you know, give you a little bit more space? Like how, how does how does that adjustment help? It, it it allows you to drive more on the offensive end, and it allows you to switch more on the defensive end. So on the offensive end, you can spread the floor, especially when you have Tristan Thompson, who's a great pick setter. He sets a pick for Kyrie. Kyrie, we all know his ball handling skills is, is probably the best that we've ever seen. You know, he can be able to get those skills to get to the cup, um, draw the defense, kick to those guys that are spotting up for threes. And even with LeBron, LeBron gets that pick and roll. He's going to be going downhill. When LeBron's going downhill, I mean, going towards the basket, there's nobody that can stop him. He's either going to get the and one, he's going to dunk on you, or he's going to go to the free throw line because you have to wrap him up. So I think those three things are, are, are key for LeBron pick and roll, Kyrie pick and roll, and the spreading of the floor. Those are three keys for that. But I'm more interested on the defensive end because now when you got the Splash Brothers um, and you got these guys coming off pick and rolls, everybody's the same size. Now you can switch and not have to worry about helping so much and you can stay home on the shooters. Speaking of that, Steph and Iguodala, they were actually strong in the second half, especially in the third. But you know, unfortunately for them, Cleveland got hot once again and actually put this game away relatively early on. Puts it in! Kyrie Irving from way downtown! The Cavs have responded. Fakes a three, fires a three, nails a three! From your experience, can you remember another finals with quite so many significant swings of this nature? Uh, no, I cannot. Um, think of blowout. Game two, blowout game three. And you really don't see that in the finals that much because teams are so evenly matched. You might see a team, you know, go down like 20 points or 25 points. And now all of a sudden the team says, you know what? We've lost this one. We can go sit it down, you know, and and, and the reserves come in and they play a little better and, and increase that lead. Um, but other than you seeing teams like this are battling and you have back-to-back blowouts, this is unheard of. So Kerr, you know, I, I, I feel like he's right along with you in that one. He actually winds up acknowledging that that the Cavs punched him in the mouth at the start of this, you know, in his post game <laughs> commentary. He goes as far as to call his own team soft, you know, for their efforts in this one. Rob, as a player and a team, what does it do to you when you hear your coach sending messages through the media like that? Um, 
because you have to look at yourself and realize we played soft. We let these guys come out. We gave them no resistance. We pretty much let them do whatever they want on the floor. And then we made our run. They made their run. And then we were able to stop them because most successful teams, you're able to stop one run and you don't allow, allow the second one to happen. In this series, well, in this game, I should say, look at it. Cavaliers had multiple runs. And to be successful in a game, you can get by with one, but multiple ones, you're going to get an L or you're going to get blown out like the Warriors did in this game. Exactly that, because Cleveland winds up taking this uh, game three, 120 to 90. And now a loose ball, LeBron James up with it, passes over to Irving, lob back to James. Back to LeBron, and LeBron hammers it home. And that will do it. The Cavaliers claim game three by 30 points. They got huge nights from LeBron, Kyrie, and J.R. Smith, who each combined for, honestly, just eight less points than the Warriors did as a team in this one. <laughs> Jefferson's presence with the starters you know, really seemed to make a difference, as did, you know, it's funny because we alluded to him not really putting up, you know, huge numbers, but his nine points and eight boards in 33 big minutes of action, like, I absolutely feel like those were the difference in this game. Yeah, you know, four for seven, being efficient. And that's what we talk about. Think about those offensive rebounds he got. Those led to buckets. And when you're able to get second chance points, it makes it easy for the team. And it puts, you know, the other team on the heels. And Golden State, when they went small to match up with that, Richard Jefferson's a big, you know, he's really a big and a small man's body. He's strong, he's athletic, he got in crazy hops. And so he's able to keep balls alive and play and do different things for them on both ends of the floor. So speaking of spreading it out, in this one in particular, the Cavs shot 12 for 25 from deep. They won the, the rebound battle 30, you know, 52 to 32, and they even turned the ball over less, you know, you know, five less times, you know, 18 to 13. There's really no other way to say it. Steve Kerr was exactly right. They they whooped them in every single way. Everybody got a plan to get punched in the mouth. This is true. <laughs> the great Mike Tyson. True professional game tonight, man. We needed everything that, that showed up in the box score and everything that didn't show up in the box score. It's big time. So going to game four, you're heading into it. It's, you know, we're wondering, can the Cavs tie things up at 2-2 before heading back to Oakland? We got to play faster. Be, a, be on the attack, be the aggressor all night, all right? I don't care if we make some mess ups in, in transition, but we got to attack them, all right? So prior to game four, you know, we haven't mentioned this, but Steph had only scored 48 you know, points in the series combined. You know, and he was facing the usual criticisms, you know, when one of the greats or the all-time greats, they, they, they're subpar in the series. But he definitely answered the call in this one. So, Rob, I'm interested in what I'm, I'm interested in what players think in general about the basketball conversations when it comes to analysts and bloggers, or, you know, particularly when it comes to social media. Admittedly, while there are absolutely reporters and writers that are out there, you know, simply trying to provide you know game analysis, much of the general conversation these days tends to sway towards the negative, almost incessantly pointing out flaws and or perceived weaknesses rather than you know, what felt like a slightly more straightforward approach when we were coming up. How do you guys as players feel about the general conversation when it comes to basketball? For me, I, I normally try not to read anything during uh, the playoffs because we, uh, we, we as players know they have to make, they have to have a story. And sometimes those stories, they nitpick. But a lot of times as certain star players, I know I've seen this with Shaq, I've seen this with Kobe, and I've seen this with Manu. You read what is written about you, and next thing you know, you're going to use that as gasoline. Gasoline to fuel your fire. And a lot of great ones do that. And I think we know Steph, he's going to read stuff. He's going to hear stuff. He, matter of fact, there's so much press around during the finals. 
someone's going to mention not once, not twice, but three times the same question. And so it's just fuel to his fire. And I think he uses that to to get locked in, to engage and, and, and go out and play better the next thing. Not just Steph, though. I say that with a lot of great players. They all do that. And they know how to, to take what the reporters say or what the public is saying and use that for fuel. All right, speaking of fuel, not only does Curry go 7 for 13 from deep on his way to a 38.6 assist, 5 rebound uh, game, but he's joined by Clay and Barnes, and the three of them combined for 15 for 27 from deep. They just blitzed him from behind the arc. The thing about that, if you watch that, that game, Steph started out hot. And now we all know, as basketball players and as whoever it is, you have to stop the star. You have to, you know, stop that star from shining so bright. And Steph was doing it, but... When the others step up, you know, you got Barnes four for five from three. You got Clay, who's really not an other. He's a star in his own right. He's a part of that Splash Brothers crew. He's hitting four for nine. And when you got a guy like Andre Iggy that comes out and goes two for five from three, those two are his equivalent to Steph's six or seven, whatever he hits in the game, because people are not expecting that. And now you, as a player, like, I'm not leaving my guy. He just hit a three. You're on your own. And that allows Steph to get open. Curry, way downtown. And, and it ain't just about Steph's ability to shoot. You know, we just talked about Kyrie's ability to handle the rock. If you watch this game, this is where Steph's ball handling starts coming into play. And people start realizing, wow, Steph got some handles too. Because you have a couple of moments there where he dribbles in and out and is able to still step back and hit the threes. And the thing I love best about his threes that he's making, he's already turning the other way to get back down the court because he knows his money. That's how hot he was. Here back in Cleveland, Curry steps back. Another three for Curry. He hit that one three in the corner, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, they're in trouble because this dude is on fire, big head fire, NBA Jam type of fire. (laughs) I love an NBA Jam reference. To Thompson. Thompson out to Curry. Three-pointer. Puts it in. One of the things I've always appreciated about Steph was that, like, you know, yes, he's a little, you know, he's a smaller guy. He's not a little guy, he's bigger than I am. But you know, he's a smaller guy, but he talks his talk. Curry to Igadala. Shot clock at seven. Curry fakes, puts up a three. Bang! Like, I've always been here for the shimmy. I've always been here for all of that. But I'm interested as a competitor. Steph's, you know, Steph's knocking down threes and turning around and running down the other way. Does that, does that get, does it get to you just a little bit more because of, because he's doing it and it, because you know there's really nothing you can do about it? Well, you know, I, I played in the area where the shimmy wasn't allowed, so I can't really comment <laughs> on that because if someone shimmied on us, we brought him off a pick and we just laid him out and said, "Yo, don't try that, don't try to embarrass us." So you know, it was a different time, a different era then. But you know, the thing about it now, every player does it. Everybody goes out and they have a good time. That's the one great thing about basketball: guys are la- uh, allowed to express themselves so much. And Steph, he shimmies a lot. He knocked down the three a threes a lot. He's great at it. He's one of the great ones. If you don't want him to do it, don't let him do it. I, I, it really boils down to that. <laughs> so the game was still highly competitive throughout, you know, until the Cavs wound up uh, going the final 636 of the fourth without scoring a field goal. In fact, the game was tied at 81 with just under 11 minutes left when the Warriors basically just separated themselves. Once again, it was the others doing a lot of the damage in the final quarter. Barnes made several threes. Iguodala and Levinston each made jumpers and other key contributions as well. And then Step basically helps close the show with two layups, a three, and six straight free throws to kind of salt it away down the stretch. Rob, there's one play that we have to discuss. 
And while it didn't necessarily have an impact on the outcome of this contest, it I do think it changes the course of this series as the Cavs definitely seem to rally around their star. It came with just under three minutes left in what was a 10-point game at the time. LeBron and Dre, they get tangled up um, and end up sending Draymond to the floor. As LeBron tries to step over him, like it, it should, it should be no, it should be mentioned. LeBron is definitely stepping over him at this point. Draymond swings up and whacks him in the groin. Curry had a notion there to Barnes. Green and James joying at each other while play continues. Iguodala the pull up that won't go, and a double foul is going to be called. Channing Fry getting in between LeBron James and sense. Green starting to walk away. James has more words. Raymond Green is one flagrant foul and two technicals away from being suspended. And he takes a little swing that misses after he objected to James stepping over him. The conversation continues, the bumping and shoving, and there's the double foul call by Danny Crawford. Double foul does not result in any free throws. Obviously, each player picks up a personal. For Green, it's his third. Make that his fourth. And for James, it's his third. And let's see if they're going to give out any technicals as well. And that is, that's important from Golden State standpoint in green and his technical foul total. James usually doesn't respond like that, especially if the ball is still in play. As this physical play, again, we talked about it from the start of the game. It's been a physical game. Plenty of contact. While I know that you know just about everything is generally fair in a battle, is there a line that's simply too far when dealing with your fellow competitors? There's a line that should be drawn. And when you think of players stepping over other players, of course, everybody thinks of Allen Iverson stepping over Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. And people think that Allen Iverson did his patented crossover and Ty Lue failed, but it wasn't that. Then you think about Scottie Pippen dunking on Patrick Ewan and pushed him down and stepping over him. you got all these scenarios that go on. But this one was where LeBron was just trying to, you know, get to the other side of the court and Draymond didn't like it. Every, no, it's not a player allowed that likes to be stepped over because it's an embarrassment. It's almost like you're trying to degrade me. And I know LeBron, he probably was, wasn't even thinking about it, but Draymond, being the guy he is, he's a competitor. He feels like you're trying to disrespect me. And so he kind of like said, nope, you're not going to do this and swung up. And you got to also understand, in big moments like this, you got to be calm, cool, and collective. And sometimes Draymond gets a little hot-headed. And that leads me to wonder, with LeBron knowing this and players knowing that, did he do that to see if he could get a reaction out Ooh. of Draymond? He's playing a game within the game. The, 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 you know, <laughs> chestnut checkers, I'm not mad at that. I, mm-hmm. I had never considered that. But you know, it wouldn't shock me, you know, given how... You know, for one, given how all of you guys as competitors will study your opponents, but they actually had a personal relationship and continue to have a personal and professional relationship. I do wonder. I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a good point. I do wonder if he knew that maybe, you know, maybe if I rub it in a little bit and step over him, you know, give him give, give him give him the AI right quick. You know, he, he'll do something, which he did, which he did. The Golden State Warriors take a commanding three games to one lead. So the Warriors, they wind up taking this one 108-97 to take the 3-1 series, series lead. Are the Cavs done? I don't even know why that's a question. Their chances of winning this series is zero as far as I'm concerned. Everybody is saying that we can't get this done and it's over. No team has ever come back from 3-1. But I was just calm. I started just automatically thinking about 
how we can be better for game five. I sent every guy a text that night and told him, don't listen to nobody right now besides the 14 guys in the locker room, the coaching staff. Let's make history. But on that note, let's actually, Rob, let's go ahead and end part one here with the Warriors up 3-1. What could go wrong? You know, it, 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 they seem like they're in a good spot, right? Yeah, nobody's ever lost in the finals three when they're up 3-1. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're about to witness history in part two. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.